Previously on The Deep During an attempt to repair the fiber communication lines just outside of Deepwater Plymouth, Tig, Sydney, and Dr. Marie Shakin were rocked by a sudden earthquake that toppled the deep sea lab to a 45 degree angle. It seems as though the habitat is starting to tilt up sideways almost, and Sydney, you begin to go with it, and you're sort of hanging on to this fiber optic cable, which is kind of the only thing that is preventing you from, from falling. Ty, what would you like to do in this situation? Oh, fuck, fuck. Oh, oh, oh fuck. Oh. Water rushed into the moon pool, leaving only a small section of air available at the door. Yeah, I'm gonna swim up in there and um and see. There is just a little bit. Uh, you would estimate like six feet, but you know because it's sort of a triangle, um, but a rounded off one because everything's spherical. It, it it diminishes quite quickly, you know. With the door refusing to open and only a little air left in the moon pool and the submarine. Sydney decided to swim for the second airlock near the robotics lab. We also don't know how long you are going to have air here. So in this situation, you're the only one with a chance to possibly not be in this situation. If I were you, I'd take it. So, I guess I'll go check it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In the meantime... The earthquake hadn't made things easy for the team inside the lab either. Percy, as you get to the ladder to start climbing down, you feel this tremor start to shake all of Deepwater Plymouth. And it's much more massive than the last one. And then all of a sudden everything starts to lurch from the side and you scramble to try and grab onto something, but you just crash into the side of this spherical object that is currently housing you and giving you life. To make matters worse, at least for Percy, was that Joel and Sid both revealed their true nature. That's how much damage you take, Percy. As Joel's fist just connects with your head and it just explodes like a watermelon and gore just covers the entirety of this room. With Percy dead, Joel and Sid made their way into the sublevels of Deepwater Plymouth and began rerouting all the oxygen to specific rooms of their choosing, leaving certain sections of the lab void of breathable air. You kind of click through a few commands on the touchscreen, type in a few things, and you set a small timer, um, and in five minutes you will... uh, start to relieve oxygen from non-essential areas. Soon, in the comms room, they were surprised to see Sydney show up. The door to the comms room slides open and Sydney walks in. Hey! Hey! Y- y- you're back! Yep. So together, they all headed for the robotics lab to do a 45-minute purge on Sydney's dive suit and prep it for another go in the deep sea. All the while, Tig and Dr. Marisha King were growing desperate for air. With no word from Sydney, they decided to pilot the submarine to the robotics lab airlock and hope they could find a way inside. 
think we got it. Hurry. You open up the door, and there's sort of this whoosh, and then you open up the second one that would normally bring you out into the sea, and a little bit of water does rush in, and it scares the shit out of you at first, but then you realize that obviously there would have been some in between, and you relax, and you press the keypad, and it opens into deep water Plymouth, and again you're greeted by klaxons and red lights, and everything is off kilter, but you close the airlock behind you. Now, with extremely limited time and resources, we rejoin the two teams as they attempt to escape the damaged mess of a laboratory in this final chapter of The Deep. So I guess we would open up with you guys in the robotics lab. Like, what do you want to, what do you want to do now that you have um, thirty minutes for the suit to purge? I imagine that like we just like hang out. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know if there's really like a lot left for us to do except like cash in on this being our uh, one realistic bet of getting something done to get out of here. So uh, unless the other two want to talk about something weird i think joel's just gonna like lean against a wall in the corner and stare like absent-mindedly at the picture of his daughter um yeah i'm gonna be uh uh like just rifling through looking for anything anything now mind you it's kind of awkward to you know go through anything just given the angle that all of the habitat is at now because of the earthquake and so um I'm not going to make you roll for it. I think that uh, it's just going to take you a while to kind of traverse through and, and go through all of the things that you can find. For the most part, it's just various small hand tools, um, parts, grommets, um, different nozzles, um, extra welding wire. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much random 
stuff. Sydney, was there anything specific that you wanted to do? Did we? I don't think we found a way to let the others inside. You definitely did not, no? Um, I think the, the idea was, right, we have a suit and there's a, a sub that we can get at. So I, I guess I'd be trying to figure out myself if there's a way uh, we were having an issue because it takes somebody to else to get somebody in and out of the suit, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, seeing if there's any way we can improvise a way to uh, make it so whoever swims to the sub can get themselves out so that they can operate the sub if they get Can that. I issue a small correction? It only takes someone else to get into the suit. You can get out of it yourself. You just oh, can't killer, get into then. it yourself. Oh, screw all that then. That's fine. Uh, perfect. We don't need anything more to get the hell out of Dodge and leave everybody else to die. That's fine. Yeah, I was assuming they were all dead anyways. I think just as that happens, you hear the uh, airlock door open and... Uh, <laughs> Out of the storage room, the door hisses, and you see Dr. Keen and Tig uh, enter the room, looking harrowed and exhausted. Make a liar out of me. <laughs> Marisha is probably holding Tig's arm as well, just to like, just as like a, we're both alive for now, like. I'm probably bracing my uh, other arm, like on the wall, like to help me walk, since everything's like kind of diagonal. You guys didn't die? No, no, I guess not. Oh. You guys didn't die? No. That's good. Do you know what caused the big fuck-off explosion? Ah. Uh, to me, it seemed like it was an earthquake. Ah. Uh, well, the moon pool is, uh... It's, it's kaput. Uh, the, the whole thing's flooded. Yeah, we were there. It's pretty fucked. Yeah... Um, we managed to get the suit purged, so, uh, we can get somebody over there and maybe they can pilot the sub to, to somewhere where we can use it. Um, and then all of us can get the hell out of here. When, uh, he says the, the sub, I look over at, uh, Dr. Keen. <laughs> like, with the look of, oh shit, the sub. Here's the thing. When the tremor happened... The, the whole base came crashing down towards the sub. When it, and it hit the sub, and, you know, the vast majority of that window pane is cracks, and I don't know, frankly, how safe no, it is. No, I think he's talking about the other sub. The one we came down here on. Yeah, the one that gets us to the surface, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, that one. We're so busy trying to get the fucking door open, we didn't even look. Oh. Yeah, it, it's like our only way out of here, so it's uh, it's kind of important, yeah? Yeah, I'd say so. And it looks like, as of now, we don't have a problem with it only being able to take five people. Is it, that's all of us left? Uh-huh. He just kind of, like, sits there with a shocked look on his face and then slowly starts to kind of nod. Five people. Yeah, Percy didn't make it out of the explosion. So. All right, we need to get in that sub. Is there going to be anyone waiting for us? The pressure change is something that we wouldn't be able to do on our own. Uh, yeah, but it can hold the pressure for sure, 
and uh, did you get the fiber optics working? Uh, does it does it fucking look like we got the fiber optics working? I I, I don't know. I wasn't out there. It, we don't have a way of communicating with the surface, so we either uh, die down here because uh, the oxygen is. We've got very little of it left. Um, that's another another thing. Yeah, we've got basically no oxygen left. Uh, we've uh, purged all the rest of the rooms and only the ones that we need so that we can uh, th- preserve it. And yeah, either we suffocate down here or we go up, right? That's kind of... Those are the only two options. We hope that there's somebody up there. Do you think there might have been some sort of failsafe down here? Like they were monitoring the nuclear station. Since it all tipped over, it might have set off, you know, some sort of buzzer somewhere. They could be scrambling out some ship to come out here. Well, I'd imagine that, yes, there are people coming here for search and rescue since, you know, the whole fucking thing got upended. But based on how long it took us to just get here in general, even before we started the dive, it's... It's going to be a while before there's a ship waiting. Hmm. Well, we certainly can't wait here. Well, while we were out there trying our best to take care of the cable, uh, did you guys keep an eye on the creature? Yeah, yeah, it's fucked. Um, we killed it. Joel nods. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go with Joel here. He, uh, he, he set the motherfucker on fire. It was crazy. Um... Burnt to a crisp, it got all crispy, and uh, I was worried about the gooey center, but uh, it wasn't much of an issue. I walk over and pat him on the shoulder, and uh, I say, Well, good job. Alice, try to get out of here. Joel just nods. I would would like to mention that there is really no walking. It's more of like uh, (laughs) partially climbing because of the angle that all of the habitats are on. But All right. yeah, you get over there. A controlled slide. <laughs> right. Well, like I just want to make it abundantly <laughs> clear that like traversing this is a difficult task. You guys just aren't trying to hurry through it, so I'm not making you roll. You know. Do we know how much uh, oxygen is on the on the sub? Could we could we hold out in the sub until the decompression gets here? Uh, I'm sure we could jerry-rig something, right? Because all we need is enough air and to keep the pressure inside the sub until we can get into decompression. I would say that we should maybe hope to meet them halfway and just raise the sub up very slowly. That way it'll mitigate some of the factors of the bins. It won't be all of it, but perhaps if they find us halfway, they could transfer some oxygen or something. Yeah, do our own decompression, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not good with uh, with all these diving mechanics, but how slowly do we got to raise ourselves to, to not have to worry about it too much? It's going to take a couple of days to decompress. At least. Keep in mind we're coming from the bottom of the fucking ocean. This is... This is... Yeah, but believe me, I'm very cognizant that we're on the bottom of the fucking ocean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think about right now is that I'm on the bottom of the fucking ocean and I'd rather not be... Um, and that we uh, might not fucking leave the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> we could get fucking blasted on helium, yeah? Just fill that sucker? Or 
Right? Because the benzene is because of the, the nitrogen. We just need the... Yeah. So so how much uh, how much air... Do we know how much air is on the, on the sub? Um, you would imagine that it doesn't have huge oxygen stores because it's just meant for, you know, a six-hour trip down, six-hour trip up. So here, here's what I'm thinking then. Um, could we... Could we supplement the oxygen stores with helium, right? That will bulk out the the amount of volume, and then... You realize the problem, though. We need the oxygen. No, I, I, get, I get that, but we don't need as much oxygen to keep us pressurized. We just need enough oxygen to breathe. But the breathing is our limiting factor. Like, if, if we had enough of the oxygen, it wouldn't matter how much nitrogen or helium we had. Yeah. We could just go up slow. But since we, we're we limited by our oxygen on how slow we can go. Yeah, exactly. Also, too much helium will kill us. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so we just need to get more air in there, right? And then we can, we can go up real slow. Like, we, we need to get our hands on that sub. That's, that's what I'm saying. We, we need to do something to that sub in order to get us out of here. Is there any bottled oxygen in the med bay? Or in the bio labs. Y'all cut off um, oxygen to the med bay for sure. I'm also pretty sure the bio lab. There's no bottled oxygen, really. That's a that's a flammable. Could could we route the rest of the oxygen here to the sub to supplement it? Well, we can we can go ahead and uh, we can fast forward to the suit um, making the noise that the purge is done. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Who did this? Oh, I, I, I did. Um, I got, I got it purging. I, I, I watched what you were showing when we were getting the other ones ready, and you know, you only got to show me once. I'm, I'm, I'm good. So I, I thought having the suit ready for when we needed to go again would be, would be what we needed to do. Let's do this. So who's going? Uh, not me. Please, not me. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> You've had such good luck before, Tyke, you know? Um, You're right. Why ruin a good thing? I'll put the fucking thing on again. Does, does Brisha have any indication as to whether this would be like a three strikes you're out type thing, or? You have no idea. You've never done human trials ever. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> okay. And we've depressurized and repressurized this a lot for for a beta process. Hey, I mean, the suit is holding up really well. How your human test subject will hold up is beyond your uh, purview at this moment. Yeah, once again, I'm not worried about the suit. It's the gooey center, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the gooey center. All things considered, this would probably be the third least stressful thing my body's gone through today, so... Uh, it, or, or, well, you know, this is you forcing liquid in and out of your lungs for the third time today. Um, don't know if your ribs will like that much. You know, I'm getting to where I quite like it. Let's just fucking do it. Because we don't have a choice at this point, alright? Alright, Ty, give me a con save. Say a little prayer, mate. It's a four, so that's really good, right? It's the lower number. Oh yeah, better. you. Okay. Yep, yep. You want to roll under it, so 
You, like a seasoned veteran, as this pinkish liquid creeps its way up past your mouth and past your nose, you just immediately breathe in, beat down that panic for a second, take a few breaths out, breathe in, breathe out, and give Dr. Keen the thumbs up. Wow, man, you've gotten really used to drowning. I, I Yeah, I give her the thumbs up, and um, then I start singing uh, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen in, like, the um, <laughs> kind of muffled uh, fluid voice. Don't stop me now. You've got a limited amount of air, mate. Might want to might wanna chill out with the singing. You've only got an hour as it is. <laughs> and then I just give her a salute and, you know, half-assedly put it down. She'll blow him a little sarcastic kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I start uh, kind of crawling my way towards the, the door to the moon pool. All right. That is going to require an athletics check. It would be much easier for you to just go back out the airlock. Oh, okay. Then I'll do that. Um, as soon as you open up the airlock, the uh, sub that you had came in... Um, you break the seal and it falls away and you watch as it it doesn't collide with the ground hard but it definitely is now um, on the ocean floor Uh, you fall to the ground and look around and without the support of the submarine it's much different down here with the one lonely beam of LED light as it floats towards the the ground I say oh look what they've done to my boy Um, It kicks up a little bit of dust, and you can barely see for just a little while as you wait maybe two or three minutes for everything to kind of settle down so you can see what's going on. And you start making your way towards the moon pool then, I assume, so you can maybe look for signs of where the sub might have gone to or something? Yep. Yeah, as I'm waiting for the dust to settle, I would have, like, started testing all the propulsion buttons and stuff and making sure that all that that equipment's working fine. Oh, yeah, this is Sydney's suit, and it is working in pristine condition. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and then as soon as the dust is settled, I'm going to um, whir my way over towards the moon pool. It's much lonelier this time. Moving your way through the blackness, you move your head side to side and just cut a small swath into it and go down slowly towards the moon pool and why don't you go ahead and roll me wisdom alright that was a 6 my wisdom is 14 you see that there is um some paint from from Dr. Keen trying to back that uh that other submarine into the moon pool and you also see that there is blue paint and you recall that the uh, the surfacing sub was blue and it sort of seems like it must have collided with uh, part of the moon pool and then jettisoned its way off in what would appear to be like a southwesterly direction, but it's kind of hard to tell just based off of this one impact. You'd have to kind of follow it and see if you can find more. Like inside the um, moon pool or outside the structure? Outside of it, like kind of on the outside lip of it almost. 
Oh, shite. Alright, let's see where this goes. And, um, yeah, I start, like, just following along the, the side of the structure, following the blue streak. Do the rest of you want to do anything um, while you don't have any communication with Tig? Uh, I, I mean, I, I think the, uh, the the plan is, or if I remember correctly, the plan was to get someone to the sub and have them like move it to a point where we could like board it, maybe around the moon pool area that we'd have to make our way back to, because um, I don't see how else we'd actually be able to get onto it without vaporizing in the water. Uh, so obviously we have to make our way down to that area. And since we don't have communications with them, I think that, or Joe will say like the best thing that we can do is just go to the rendezvous point and wait. <laughs> um, but it might not be a bad idea to, uh, depending on how oxygen is rerouted and how difficult it might be to maybe, I think some people were gathering food earlier in the story, uh, back when shit was kicking off originally. So maybe we could pick up a couple of bags of those for the, uh, submarine trip if we don't just like run out of oxygen in a few hours and die anyways yeah Dr. Keene and uh, Percy had gathered some stuff up and brought it to the comms room oh yeah then we could just swoop that on the way down yeah if there's any bags of chips they're like 60% air so (laughs) (laughs) right that's how that works even though it's nitrogen (laughs) I'm pretty sure Sydney told you this, but the keypad wasn't functional. None of the passwords worked. We were just—I tried to—I tried to get it to get it to open, and it didn't. Okay. Um, well, I guess it's uh, getting there and evaluating that door, then, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So let's swing to the comms, pick up the uh, supplies that you gathered earlier, and uh, scoot our way down. Mm-hmm. All right, why don't you all roll me an athletics check to um, make your way down to comms. Safety. Oh, my, my my best one, sure. This or not is athletics, strength. I'm sorry, it'll be strength, yeah. I'm <laughs> thinking d and I've, uh, I've never had a bigger fail, I don't think. Uh, I, I, that's a fail, yeah. Can, um... I can Joel, like, take up rear, and he, he's a pretty strong guy. Can he, like, help people by, like, holding on to them and leading them down? Why don't uh, you go ahead and roll at advantage, Sam? Cool. <laughs> that's that's still a big old fat fail. Um, I got a crit fail at a natural 20. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. Um, as you're slowly starting to make your way towards the opening, um, it slides open for you uh, fairly easily. And, Sydney, you're going first, obviously, as one of the stronger members of your party. And all of a sudden, Sid just collides with the back of you. And you try and hang on, but you both just keep tumbling down to the other side of the habitat. Both of you, please give me a dex roll. Um, Sid would be just screaming, fuck, 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 the whole way. I got a natural one. 
I, I, I passed. Uh, just barely, but I passed. Okay, so the doorway on the other side of the habitat opens up for you, and you're both scrambling, trying to make sure that you're not about to slide through another habitat and gain even more speed. And so instead, you manage to crash into the walls on the side, and you will both take five points of damage. Oh, God! (laughs) Um, Sid is looking real bad. I have six points of health total. So, uh, yeah. So I I think before anyone else goes down, like, Joel just calls out, y'all still alive? Yeah, yeah. uh, I'm okay. Sid isn't, though. Uh, he's, He's not doing too great. Dr. Keen, please roll me a wisdom. Okay. That's definitely not my worst stat. Pass. You see that there is this massive gash on Sid's face that starts to knit itself up. And you look over at Sydney, and the same is happening with all of her bruises and, and scrapes that have just been impacted upon their bodies. Since when have you been able to heal yourselves? Oh, fuck. Oh, man, my fluids, they go in everywhere. Oh, God. That's not... That's not even a fraction of the business. Ah. I mean, your faces are healing themselves. They're knitting themselves up, and I just want you to know that, even though that's quite frankly not the biggest of our concerns right now, that's still something that we should at least keep a little pin on in the back of our minds. Yeah, it's a long story, and, uh... You know, you're not going to need to worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I expect an answer when we get out of this place. (laughs) Uh, Of course you will, yeah. Sydney's, like, touching her face and and looking at Sid like, what? Does it have something to do with the big fuck-off tentacle monster? Guarantee it had nothing to do with the big fuck-off tentacle monster. Joel uh, rolls his shoulders and says, "Um, if we're not going to worry about it, let's not worry about it. Keen, take my hand. I'll lower you down. Oh, thank you. Great. Joel doesn't lower you down, but he totally takes your hand. <laughs> All right. So as Joel takes your hand, you watch as these tentacles begin to form. Oh, my God. And they go up your arm. Give me a dexterity save. This is your last chance, Dr. Keen. Fail. Fail. You watch as these tentacles just climb up your body and start to try and drive into your flesh. And Joel, you've never felt this before, but nothing is happening. You're holding on to Dr. Keen, and you are unable to assimilate her. You are unable to liquefy her. You don't know what is going on. But for some reason, you cannot get yourself to infect Dr. Keen. What would you like to do? Uh, so I, I guess if I have the option, then um, let's. Uh, why don't we save some oxygen to sub and just rip her apart? Sorry. <laughs> give me, give oh me God. a strength, Doctor Keen. What the fuck is happening? Pass. Fuck you. Oh shit! So, Doctor Keen, you wriggle and ride your way sideways, and you start sliding your way down the habitat. Give me a dexterity. Pass. Fuck you again. 
Um, you look and you see that the comms room door slides open and you manage to grip onto it and pull yourself in. Sid and Sydney, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, if she's sliding down towards us, I'm going to take off towards her uh, because that was unexpected. Uh, yeah, she needs to be one of us or dead. So, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, let's... Give me a strength then to clamor after her. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, should I roll one also? Absolutely. That is a pass. Pass. <laughs> All right, Doctor Keen, you watch as your former friends transform into these awful monstrosities that still bear these garish resemblances of their faces. And they're crawling forwards at you in these impossible and awful angles. And these tentacles are just writhing and coming towards you. You have one opportunity to do something. What would you like to do? She is, uh, she's gonna try to slam the comm room door shut behind her. Are you using the control panel? Like, what would you like to do? Control panel. Okay, so give me an intelligence roll. Pass. You immediately rip off the panel from this. Give me a dex roll, both you and uh, both Sid and Sydney, please. That is a fail. Uh, does meets beats? Yeah, that'll pass. Okay. One of your tentacles immediately writhes in and it wraps itself around Dr. Keen. Strength throw. Uh, pass. So you rip off the panel from this uh, control panel. You immediately start crossing a few wires and the door slams shut, slicing off the tentacle that's now writhing and bleeding everywhere at your feet. And Sid and Sydney, you are on the other side of this uh, door, sort of beating your tentacles against it, but you have not managed to get Dr. Keen at this point. Dr. Keen, what would you like to do? Can I contact Tig through here? You can try. I would like to try. I'd like very much to try. The entire, like, array that has the monitors and the microphone and all of those things, like, it's sparking and it does not look in good shape. Luckily, you are a mechanical engineer, so maybe there is a possibility that you can fix it, but I mean, it's looking slim and also is going to take a significant portion of time. She's gonna try. See, it's the only thing she can do. Give me intelligence at a plus five. Plus five, okay. Yeah, so bad. Fail. Okay. God fucking damn it. So you're messing around with that. Sid, Sydney, and Joel, what are you guys doing now? You guys should probably make sure uh, she's uh, not getting out of there. And um, I'm going to go make my way over to uh, the oxygen control panel. And I'm just going to vent the room. I'm going to make my way back to see if I can get back towards the reactor and uh, vent, vent the oxygen out of her room. Uh, she doesn't need it. So one of the um, main issues that you would run into, though, is you know that the ladder going down, you would have to get through this comms room door. Yeah, then um, I'm pretty good at improvising things. There is a things. plasma torch, though. Uh, well, fucking A. Yeah, we will plasma our way through that, that door. Um, let's, let's cut this puppy Great. down. Dr. Keen, after a little while, you start to notice 
that the door is starting to glow bright red in just small parts of it. And as it starts to grow into like this thin red line, it occurs to you what's going on on the other side of this door. Uh, maybe we can like plasma cut like weak points of the door and then just steadily pry it down with our super cool tentacle strength. The the other two who aren't plasma torching uh-huh. it. So also, what happened to your flamethrower? Yeah, it, this seems to be happening rapidly. Uh, I think Joel's wearing the flamethrower. Are you not, Joel? I can't honestly imagine him at this point climbing around with it. Yeah, th- that enough. seems reasonable. I think the flamethrower is probably in the comms room, then, huh? Yeah, that's true. Then the cot. Con- yeah. So, Doctor Keen, roll me wisdom. Pass. As you're watching this door and it's creaking and groaning and you can see the tentacles are starting to reach over it, you notice that there is a flamethrower shoddily put together by Sid McMillan in the corner. I'd like to pick up the fucking thing. (laughs) You're goddamn right you would. (laughs) (laughs) And what would you like to do then because the door is creaking you can see the tentacles are re- they're writhing around it you can see that the weak points of it are glowing red hot and this door is starting to buckle what are you going to do she's gonna wait for him to open it and if they come at her she's gonna fry the fuckers <laughs> all right so joel and sydney you watch as sid completes the last side area because they sort of slide up so if you get you know the area that it slides into you can just sort of rip the entire door off and Sid and Joel just use their tentacles to throw the thing to the side just casually. What are you what would you guys like to do? She's uh, standing in the middle of the room with a flamethrower on her back. <laughs> Correct. And you can see that the pilot is lit. Oh that's where I left it. In an ideal world, what I would like to do is, like, maybe Joel just begins to raise his hands, but I think his move here is to uh, protect his two buddies, um, and to do so, he needs to take her out. So I want him to, like, rush in the room, but duck down. He wants to get control of the gun to, like, tip it upwards, and then take her out. Okay, so go ahead and give me a strength roll. Dr. Keen, give me a dex. When you get the door open, she's holding the gun, but her hands are, she's visibly shaking and she's visibly crying. So, Dex is, that's a fail. That one. That's a, god damn it. (laughs) Dr. Keen, you're shaking as this creature that used to be Joel crawls in and it's got multiple arms and tentacles that seem to fill the entirety of this doorway. And they make their way low and quickly. And you shoot a small burst of flame up above him, but it doesn't seem to do or anything or connect with him. And all of a sudden, he is one with you. You are being consumed in these tentacles. And you're still not able to get away from this thing. It's almost as if your feet are stuck in quicksand or or something like that. The more you kick, the deeper you almost seem to go. These tentacles slowly consume you and rip you apart, limb from limb, as you scream out for Joel to stop.
So, Tig, you've been searching the floors of the sea for maybe 15, 20 minutes at this point, and as you're sort of just scanning side to side with your thin LED beam, you eventually settle upon the submarine. And you notice that uh, it sort of has collided with a few um, rocks and boulders that are sort of jutting up out of the uh, out of the ground. Um, a preliminary assessment. It looks like some of it is definitely damaged. You don't know really to what extent at this point. Um, what would you like to do? Um, is the the sort of bubble end of it um, accessible to where I could get in with my suit to get inside it? So these are not designed like that. If you remember, um, they have the bathyspheres that you would get into and uh, you were only able to access them either outside of the water or in the moon pool. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to um, kind of walk around it and look around and, and notice that that's not there. And then I let out a long sigh, which doesn't really make any noise because I'm just pushing out liquid. <laughs> and um, then I look back at the habitat. Then I like look kind of up above it at the... Um, would I be able to see the, the line hanging down or am I too far away from... You're too far away. You don't really have much of... Like, your light isn't powerful enough for that. I'm just going to like swim up towards that uh, that the rest of the cable and just start like going up just slowly and just trying to see if the the one hour you know that the fluid is good for is true or not. So Tig, you start putting hand over hand, and you can still see that the that there are plenty of of alarms going off on the meat the various meters that are on your arms kind of monitoring all of the things that are going on with your fluid and your oxygen levels and all of that stuff and the scrubbers are working overtime and you just keep putting one hand over the other uh, yeah I do this for a few minutes and uh, if I could be sweating within this suit of liquid I, I definitely would be um, getting exhausted and um, I, I take a, a second like the the breaths breathing in this fluid are, are starting to become labored and because um, I'm pretty sure at this point I'm well beyond where this fluid should still be useful oh yeah you you have been in this suit for two hours now and yeah. uh, Dr. Keen kept saying that you know an hour, hour and a half was like the most she would feel comfortable with and you are well over that and you would imagine that you're going to go even farther over that um, in order to make the full trek up to the surface because you've maybe gone a half a mile at this point at most I, I take a, a moment to rest and I'm just like hanging onto the cable <sighs> oh fuck I, I look down and um, yeah like it it doesn't take very far that that far below sea level that like any light would not even be you, you oh yeah no you it, can't so. see shit beyond like you have your headlamp that just kind of illuminates maybe 25 feet in front of you and you could just see these swaths 
of uh, of light, but other than that, everything around you is pure black. Yeah, and like because of that, um, since the suit uses the liquid and it's not like releasing air out into the to the water, there's no bubbles that are pointing up, so it's it's like impossible to even get your orientation to to see where you're going. And um, I, I just take a moment to rest there, and then um, I, I have a brief moment of clarity in. I'm, uh, oh, why didn't I think of this sooner? And um, I start releasing the ballast for um, for the suit a little bit at a time, and it should start making it to where I start floating up. And so that way I don't have to hand over hand it. You absolutely do start floating up. Um, however, you also notice that the sides of your vision, like your peripherals, are starting to go fuzzy and ray almost like like everything's almost starting to tunnel in on you okay well can't say this is the the worst it could have been oh. it, it's not as bad as it was for some of them maybe I just go a little bit further let the sleep come and I continue to go up. You're kind of like drifting in and out of consciousness at this point, and you think for a second that you see this bright white light, and it reminds you so much of all of the stories that you've heard of people when they're about to die and they're going towards this light, and it just... For whatever reason, like, your brain is just drawing a connection between those two things. Okay. Here it comes. You can do this. Alright, I'm ready. And then you black out. And then you wake up and there's this loud mechanical engine sound and you're looking around and you can see that you're inside of this tube and there's one thick glass window and you can sort of like try and edge your head up to look at it but then you realize that your arms and legs are strapped down um, inside of this tube and you think for a moment and you realize that this is a decompression chamber, but you are strapped down to a table inside of this decompression chamber. Oh, oh what the fuck? This doesn't look like I'm dead. You hear a voice over a speaker, and it's a male voice, and he says, Dr. Demi, do you have any vitals? Vitals showing normal. Have we gotten the results back? Is there any contamination? No contamination found. And then, Tig, you hear a door, like a mechanical door, open up. And then you watch as the bindings that were around your wrist, they're not like, uh, like belt straps, they're mechanically fastened, and they release and you're able to sort of look out this this one porthole that you have 
and you can see that there is a man in a lab coat and uh, he's got horn-rimmed glasses on and his hair is parted in the middle and slicked back on either side and uh, he says, uh, good afternoon. Is it? Um, I got a couple of questions. Uh, I don't know which is more important. Um, who are you and uh, where am I? I am Dr. Steven Brenner and where you are at is classified. Well, where I was was classified too, but they at least told me where I was. I signed all the papers. You're no longer working for or dealing with Maldonado Pharmaceuticals, if that's what you're thinking. Well, I guess it would have happened either way, because uh, getting up to the surface, I would have tendered my resignation very quickly. Dr. Nimi? Yes, Doctor? Is it safe? The safest things get here. And he'll walk over and uh, he'll press a few buttons on the outside of your decompression chamber and it will open up and say so what's your name oh well that's classified <laughs> suppose that's fair enough <laughs> you want to take a walk sure it's Colin Ward uh, I go by Tig and I reach out my hand to shake his hand he'll shake your hand and uh He'll say, so I, you know what, I'll ju I'll, I'm just going to pull the band-aid off here. This is your new home, at least for the time being. Well, see, it was my last home was tilted 45 degrees and was about to explosively decompress and had a bit of a fucking monster on board. I'd say I'll take it. Well, we have many questions for you, Tig. And I do believe that you are going to be a very, very valuable asset. And he'll lead you on towards this, uh, this mechanical door that uh, he'll wave a key card next to this sort of sensor that's next to it, and the door will slide open, and then um, he'll lead you through that, and the door will close behind you, and you'll realize that you're in kind of almost like an airlock, but not quite. It's almost like a, a containment uh, chamber or something along those lines. And he'll again wave his uh, ID card on a sensor and then another door will open and you'll find yourself out in this vast hallway. And you kind of look around gathering your bearings and everything is very sterile white. There are a bunch of these fluorescent lights that run the entirety of this hallway and everything looks very similar and you just see that there are these these lines of different colors that are leading um, throughout the facility and you notice that Dr. Brenner um, he starts following a purple one and he'll say I would imagine that you're quite hungry at this point. A bit. Uh, do you have a peanut butter and jelly? We'll see what the cafeteria can muster up for you. So, what happened down there? Well, that's a long story. 
this klaxon starts going off and you hear this automated voice start saying containment breach over and over again. And Dr. Brenner grabs onto you, like does not say a word to you, just grabs onto your clothing. And you notice that they put you in this uh, sort of blue jumpsuit that uh, is very generic and he drags you into this sort of black, like revolving door almost. But like when he puts his credential on the sensor, it sort of like swings open and then it immediately revolves you into this containment unit and you hear the, these klaxons continue to go on um, outside and then there is this countdown and you hear this loud, almost like the roar of flames is going on outside of this containment unit and, and then maybe 30 seconds after that you get you hear another automated voice that goes purge complete all personnel may return to their workstations and Dr. Brenner brings you back out and he says things have been incredibly weird around here lately but anyway come on let's go and he leads you into the cafeteria and you go and you um walk up and you find that there is sort of uh, a large buffet of things that are being kept hot by these little um, by those little like sterno candles that are underneath a bunch of stainless steel things and it's mostly just like generic sort of like brunch things and a lot of it looks like it's been sitting there for a while but at this point I would imagine that you're probably pretty hungry and so you know you can have at her or not kind of up to you yeah, he would definitely start rummaging through things and try to find uh, the, the ingredients for peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, you're able to do that. You make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and uh, when you go and sit down to start eating, um, Dr. Brenner will look at you and he'll say, Do you remember the construction workers that were there at Deepwater Plymouth when you, well, when, when you first got there? I'm guessing they're the ones that went up to the top and we ended up finding their bodies in the locker later on. They are the ones. I'm guessing the two that went up are something bad. Luckily for us, they're here too.
Follow our podcast network on Twitter at Time to Die RPG. The Deep is GM'd by Tim Demuse at Ida Grab Your Gun. Colin Tig Ward was played by Chris Riley at Chris Riley LCP. Claire Wombles was played by Kim Metzger at Metzgirl. Dr. Marie Shakin was played by Aubrey Gray at Aubrey Gray One. Joel Lawrence was played by Chris, a.k.a. Critically Accursed, at C. Accursed. Valhalla Perseus Nunez, a.k.a. Percy, was played by Eric S. Pat, at ES underscore Patty Cake. Sid McMillan was played by Samuel, at Samzalot007. Sidney Clark was played by Robin Hot, at D-I-O-X-I-A-R-I-O. And Wallace Wooten was played by me, Brian Bridges, at Manly Brian. All of these Twitter links and more can be found in the episode description. We would be so grateful if you would rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would also help us immensely if you would tell a friend about us, or just post about us on social media. And if you'd like to hang out and even play tabletop role-playing games with us, We have a Discord link in our episode descriptions, or you can find all of our content at timetodierpg.com.